0: You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.
1: Now, I just want to remind you that just because I'm up here with a microphone in my hand doesn't mean you need to behave. So you can just go on with your bad, normal self, you know. So when the, pre- when the preaching gets good, you know, you can let it, let it rip, you know. I got I got a couple friends from Raleigh here today. A- a- yeah. Amy the connector is here. <laughs> and my my friend Miles is here. So, um <clears throat> Amy told Miles, "What do you want to do on Sunday? Do you want to go to church or should we just go get brunch?" And Miles asked the right question. He's like, "Well, what are my options?" And Amy said, well, we could go see what Andy Squires is doing this morning. And Miles was like, let's go. Let's go. So not everybody who signs up for what I'm doing, you know, ends up liking it. That's just that's just the way it is, you know. Um, So we do have a little bit of an unorthodox morning this morning. Uh, But I as I'm I feel like the older I get the less worried I am when things don't work out the way that you think they should because apparently God is always working and uh, it feels like the Lord has been helping us in advance so I am what I'm up here doing right now is not getting ready to preach I'm actually going to set the person up who is coming up here to speak this morning And so so Amy Squires and I have this friend named Ashley Pell who you're about to meet. And Ashley is the oldest daughter of Nick and Beth Pell who have been members here for about a year. And if you don't know the Pell family, you really do need to know these people. They're significant people in the kingdom of God. They've raised seven kids. And all of them are beautiful. (laughs) I mean, I just don't know how it just doesn't get better than that. That's shaking her head. <laughs> but no, but seriously, they're like quality people. And, um, and Ashley is a person who's been living in the Philippines for the last 12 years by choice. <laughs> and not, not, that's not a dig on the Philippines, but the weather there is difficult in a lot of the places there. And, um, so here's how this happened. She came home to spend time with her family a few months ago and she was coming to church here Sunday mornings with her family. And, and one Sunday morning she came up and she started talking to Amy and I, and I just felt the Lord. I don't know. Sometimes you walk into conversations that you don't expect. I started having this conversation with Ashley and what I was feeling, I did not expect. And I felt like the Lord began tapping me on the shoulder. And here's what he, I feel like he was saying to me. <clears throat> um, and this is no pressure on you, Ashley. <laughs> but I felt like the Lord wanted to make a deposit into this church through this person. Okay? Okay. And, and that might sound like interesting language to you. But what I, what I mean is that the reason why we need each other is because we don't all have everything that we need. And churches are like that too. Like churches are going along and they're doing what the Lord has asked them to do. And then the Lord, uh, he doesn't, oh, he ambushes. That's what the Lord does. He ambushes you with some new goodness and he brings it to you through a person and that person has these things that they're carrying and when you enter into a relationship with that person you start to catch what that person has to offer if you're willing that is i mean you don't need to get everything that everybody has to offer but there are people in our midst who are Carriers of the glory of the Lord in different ways than maybe we have. And when we start rubbing shoulders with those people, they start to influence us. And so maybe in your life, you want to grow in your job, you want to make more money, or you want to be more successful in a certain area. What you need to do is you need to go be with people who are doing that thing that you want to be doing, right? And so one of, the, one of the dreams, one of the visions that we have for this church is that we would have a heart for the nations because we believe that the gospel of Jesus is the power for salvation. That's what we believe. And we think it's important to care about your city. It's important to care about your community, but it's also important to care about what's going on In other places in the world. Amen. Amen. So Ashley. Why don't you come on up here. This is Ashley Pell everybody. Can you give her a really big warm welcome. And and so she's going to speak to us. And then we're going to do something really important. Uh, She's leaving for the Philippines on Wednesday. So as a church. We're going to pray over her. And we're gonna send her out from this place to that place. Amen? Amen. All right, Ashley, it's all yours.
0: Thank you. Wow, Um, that's a hard introduction to follow. Uh, But I really want to start with, uh, thank you so much for allowing me to share. Um, This is a privilege. And a lot of places, um, it's it's a little scary to hand over your pulpit and uh, i'm i'm honored and grateful uh for this opportunity um have been home a couple of months i've really appreciated i haven't been here every sunday i have to travel some but the sundays that i've been here i really appreciate what god's doing here i sense something special about this place and about what god's doing and uh, i look forward to seeing what god has for this congregation for 2022 I'd like to start by just sharing a little bit of my story. Um, I have been in the Philippines for, for 12 years, but it didn't start that way, obviously. Um, I, didn't, I didn't grow up thinking actually that I would be a long-term missionary overseas. I did grow up, um, I was raised by some pretty awesome people. And I heard, I heard lots of really amazing missionary stories that... From my mom and my dad, um, and actually, for a long time, I thought all of my missionary stories weren't that real because theirs were way cooler. So, if you want to hear more missionary stories, can talk to them. Um, and and so there was definitely a love for the world that was planted in my heart, and I and an idea that God has this plan that's way bigger than me, bigger than our town, bigger than our city. When I was in high school, this beautiful couple right here, Reggie and Debbie Hill, agreed to take me on my first missions trip. I was 16, still this tall, and they, they took me to the Philippines. They didn't know they would have trouble getting rid of me. I went with them every trip they made to the Philippines for the next like five years, seven trips. And then finally, they just left me there because... <laughs> I just really wanted to be... I felt, something, I felt something significant about what God was doing there. Um, Reggie, Reggie and Debbie have this perspective about missions. I did a lot of short-term missions in different places. They have this perspective about missions. The way they enter into it is God is moving in that place. Let's see what God is doing. We want to be a part of that. That's beautiful and unique. And that framework kind of built the way that I saw missions. And they were in relationship with a family in the Philippines, uh, the the Mayans. Um, David and Christine Mayam became my, kind of like my parents. I have great parents and then like second parents and then like third parents. It's incredible. Um, They... Uh, I moved in with their family when I started out um, as a new missionary and actually have stayed with them and worked with them for more than a decade. They've got three amazing kids who are now also um, all in their 20s who are the same ages as three of my siblings. And um, I became part of something that God was already doing. And I feel, honestly, by telling you my story, I feel humbled that it gets to be mine, that I get to be part of this thing that God is doing. So I moved to the Philippines uh, after finishing. I went to Bible school in in Concord. I finished and immediately, like the next day, moved to the Philippines and um, began being a part of something that God was doing there. We did a lot of village outreach. Uh, We traveled to some very rural places um, and taught Uh, one of the cornerstones of our ministry was worship teaching worship worshiping letting people experience the presence of god a lot of the churches that we were working with are uh, in communities where that church is the first place the gospel came to that community so they're they have a very short history of knowing the word and knowing the Lord. And that's incredible. The testimony they have there is powerful. Um, sometimes we would hike places. Some of my sisters have hiked with us. We would hike into villages that couldn't, didn't even have roads to them. And we got to witness what God was doing and be a part of what God was doing um, over, over the years. Then God, um, during this time, God began to stir up a vision for a ministry center that would house uh students girls particularly during the latter part of their education so in the philippines uh, a lot of people have to move to go to school because there aren't schools everywhere especially if you're in a rural place so they would move a long distance at a young age that can put them in a very vulnerable place some of the kids don't have a uh, family. Some of the kids do, but their families are in you know, another village or even have gone abroad to work so their kids can go to school. And we had this vision for a home where these girls can come and really be mentored while they go to school. Not just a boarding house where they just get through, you know, a place to sleep while they finish college or finish high school and finish college. But a place where they grow, they learn, they learn who they are in the Lord. They have vision for their life, confidence in the call that God has for them. And then whatever profession that they go into, they carry God's spirit and they carry a vision with them into um, their life. So this was a vision that we had. Um, We knew this was going to be a big thing to do. We had no idea how big it was. Now, here I am today at the end of the story. I'm about to tell you the story, but but the building is finished, and the home is getting ready to open. Yes. So, for many years, we raised money to start this project out and uh, finally we found a piece of property to buy for this project and the only problem was it was twice the amount of money that we had and then we found out that it was uh, another deal was going to be sealed for that property and we had three weeks to come up with double the money that we had And it's taken years for us to get that far. And I felt like, you know, other missionaries can tell this story, but God, I know who my friends are, you know, like (laughs) I'm I'm not, I'm not writing back to, I'm not writing home to, you know, a bunch of millionaires who are like, Oh, you need 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. No problem. It was the most faith-stretching, stressful time. And and at the somewhere in the middle, I remember being totally at the end of myself, thinking, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it. And God was like, challenge me, what is your testimony going to be? That you believed me? Or that you were just totally stressed out the whole time? Well, yes, okay, God, I believe you. And here I am to tell you, he did it. He did it. We got the property. And that, what I didn't also know was that was a setup. That was just preparing us for the next need for miracle after miracle after miracle. Um, we, got, we got the land, which in a very densely populated city is extremely hard to get a piece of land. Um, it's a mountainous city. Um, there's a little video later. You'll get to see some pictures of it. Um, and God gave us a vision for this building. It's five stories. This project was so huge. But what was so amazing about it was that God, of of course we knew that God has an end goal in mind. He wants, you know, we have this home we want to open. But God never wasted one single piece in the process. We saw him move in the people that worked for us. We saw him move in the way that he miraculously provided for us. We saw him move in the way that we actually kind of accidentally planted a church in the process. Um, and over and over again, we saw God focus us on what he's really about, which is people his relationship with people, God bringing people into the kingdom. God isn't just about us getting the building built. He's about every single piece of the process. We needed hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to build this building. It was built entirely by faith. We thought there was no way this was going to be possible without a bank loan, but no bank in the Philippines would loan us money because we don't have a business. And if we wouldn't have started out actually the way we had had we not had we thought we would never be able to get um, a, a loan week by week we needed thousands of dollars every week I'm here to tell you God did miracle after miracle after miracle people people um, were and and not, and and it came from people's it came from individuals m- almost all of the money came from individual people who just felt a vision that. felt the vision for this connected with it and gave extremely generously. Um, And there were a couple of times, at least two, where we really thought we were going to have to shut down um, and send our workers away because there was no way to go forward. And that night God did something and the next day we found out there was going to be $10,000 coming and we could keep building. This building was going to be a miracle no matter when it was built, but then it was built in the middle of a pandemic. Now, I know that, and in the Philippines, it was definitely a different kind of experience than it has been here. Things shut down very hard. They actually shut down everything, every store, construction sites. Now, our guys were stranded on the building site, and they couldn't go home. Public transportation was closed. Their only option would have been to walk, like provinces. Some, of, some construction workers did. We wouldn't have sent them by foot away, of course. But we prayed and asked the Lord to help us continue paying them, continue finding materials. And I'm here to tell you, we didn't miss a single day's work in the whole two years. It, is, it really was It really was a miracle. And in the process, some of our crew got saved. Um, some of our, yes, amen. Like, um, amen. There's so many testimonies that I could sh- keep going and going and sharing, but I, I do think that you know, church is only in the morning. Um, unless you guys are ready, (laughs) but God, I'm here to tell you that God, God is moving. God is moving in, in a, in a year where, or in a two year time period where we felt all of us have felt the heaviness, um, coming home from the Philippines right now was really a challenge. I came home, um, a few months ago, my brother got married and, um, our, uh, uh, David Mayam, the pastor that I work with, the family that I shared with, about, shared with you about, he was able to come home for only a couple of weeks. I wish he could also have been here to, to meet you all. But we felt, even with all the challenges of traveling, that there was a need to come home and share this great news of what God is doing. Because in a time when there's a lot of bad news around, we have to real remember focus and fix our eyes on what God is doing and he is doing so much amen so we started this Bible study with our crew on Sundays um, because they couldn't go anywhere. We were all on lockdown. And so that's how people got saved. The next thing we know, as soon as the lockdown was lifted just a little bit and people could walk or come to the building, people started inviting other people. And then someone said, wow, we're coming back to your church next Sunday. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, we have a church. <laughs> like, okay. So we have a we, we have a multi-purpose space in our building for ministry, but we'd never planned on building a church in it There's a dorm for the girls. There's a living space for the girls I also live in the building David and Christine and their three kids live in the building um, But then in the midst of all of this God brought a pastor that is a long 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 time friend of ours Who's a church planter in mountain villages to our city right before COVID. And then he got locked down there with his family. And it just turns out that all of our neighbors. Who are, are also from his tribe. And his tribe is very, very far away from where we are. And none of them are believers. And here we are uh, with this space. And with a church that God has planted. It's, it really is like a setup. God is the one who is setting all of this up. And... And honestly, we just, get, we just get to be a part of it. We all, we all, to be honest with you, we all like this testimony that I'm sharing with you right now. But walking through it is stressful. Um, but in order for us to see God move, we have to make space for God to move. And when God is given the opportunity, God moves. Yes. Amen. Before I continue to share from the word, I'd like to just show you the short little uh, video of some pictures and things so that you can see more of this testimony. More than a decade ago, the Lord gave us a vision of a home for vulnerable girls where they would be loved, discipled, and launched into the world with a kingdom mindset. In 2017, God miraculously provided the land. And in 2019, we broke ground. Today, we are thrilled to announce that construction is finished. To each one of you who have journeyed with us, even through all of the added challenges of the pandemic, praying and giving so generously, we say thank you. While we have been building, God has been working. Some of our crew got saved. We were able to reach out to dozens of children in our neighborhood who have never heard the gospel. And God started a small church in our ministry space, bringing families together who share the vision of being mothers and fathers to the girls who will live here. Right now we are working on appliances and furniture and deeply appreciate your continued prayers and support as we look forward to opening our doors. The transformation of this mountainside into a beautiful home and ministry space has been mind-blowing, but the transformation we are really excited about will be in the lives of every girl who will live here. Today, I just want to give God glory for what he has done. He truly is the one who has done it. And even telling you this story, what's overwhelming for me is what a small piece I played in it. Like I'm telling you a big thing that God did. And just somehow, um, it's, it's our story. It's a lot of people's story. It's the body's story God, that God did through all of us. And that that's one of the privileges that we have as being believers. I want to share with you a little bit from the Word this morning. If you can open your Bibles to Matthew, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus shares a lot of powerful truths. And I know that many of them are very familiar to all of us, but I just want to remind remind us of them again this morning as we're going into this new year as we're thinking about the future let's posture ourselves in a place where we are ready to be used by the lord amen amen um matthew chapter 5 verse 3 it is uh, the the very beginning of jesus's message and here he says something that it um I'm sure we're all very familiar with. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does this mean? Blessed, blessed in, especially in this uh in reference to this passage really means happy or fulfilled. We are blessed. We are happy. We are fulfilled when we understand our poverty of spirit, when we understand our desperate need of God, when we understand that we can't do this without him, when we understand that it's not actually up to us, it actually is up to our submission or surrendering to him. Blessed, happy are those who realize it's not just up to them to make it happen. Anxious are those who feel like it's all up to them to make it happen. Blessed are those who understand that when we Humble ourselves before the Lord and receive from him. He is the one who offers us first salvation. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We become invited into the kingdom of heaven. This is salvation. Amen. Salvation with all of its uh, glory, but salvation is so much more encompassing than just getting to go to heaven. When we die, salvation is being saved today. Salvation is being a part of the family of God. Salvation is an invitation into the story of God, into the plan of God that extends beyond just our life, our family's life, our church. It's our it's the church in our city, it's the church in the world. We become invited into something so much bigger than ourselves. Amen. 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 Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. From the beginning of time, God has been on a mission. It wasn't an accidental mission. It wasn't a mission because Adam and Eve messed up. God always knew what was going to happen. And God, from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, through until today, God has been on a mission to restore people's relationship to him to invite people into relationship with him so that we can worship him and live out our life in a way that glorifies him that is the mission of god and we see in all the way through the old testament we're not going to go through the whole old testament (laughs) or it really will be five o'clock when we're finished Um, But it's a beautiful story that God is writing from the beginning about restoring relationship with people. And him and creating an opportunity for us to worship him face to face. And we know this climaxes in the life of Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and this invitation for us to all be a part of this mission of God. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. And then later on in this passage, I was reading chapter five and at verse three, but uh, if we skip down ten verses, don't actually skip them. You should read them because they're all very good. Um, we can see a continuation of this thought when Jesus says something else that is very familiar with to us, I'm sure, but I want to share with it, share it again as we get this perspective. He says, um, in Matthew five thirteen, you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you are the light of the world A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven amen we carry a light that's not our own jesus could have just continued to be the light of the world God didn't need to include us in his plan, except he wants us in his plan. And the light we carry is not our light. It's his light shining through us. And it's an honor that each one of us has to participate in this mission of God. Sometimes I I wish that I wasn't called a missionary, because that kind of gives this impression that my job is the mission of God, and that the church can just do church things. But actually, the mission of God is the mission of the church. It's all of us together. Each person doing their own part in their own way. You don't have to move 9,000 miles away, but you can. <laughs> we are welcome. We're, we're ready to have you join us. But actually, God has a mission. He has a way for you to shine light exactly where you are. Sometimes, um, I know we've been—I I know we've probably, all probably had experiences where we're in a really hard spot. It's a dark spot, and we ask God, "God, I thought I was following you. Why is this so hard? Why is this so dark? Like I, I'm doing what you've asked me to do, but it's dark. It's hard." And He says. Yes, and you are the light of the world. What if God's been working hard to get you into that dark spot? What if God needs you to be in that dark spot? Because you are the light of the world. And it's not your light. It's not up to you. In this position of poverty before the Lord, we understand that it's not something we're manufacturing. We're not running around with a bunch of flashlights trying to, you know, pretend like it's bright again. We carry a light. And it's his light. Because he is the light of the world through us. And then the last part of this verse so powerfully says... That in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Our lives should be lived in such a way that people around us want to glorify God. They just see God in us and want to glorify him because of the way we live. And I, I really want to accentuate i really want to emphasize that this is in the ordinary things this isn't just like in the way that we stand on this stage with this mic and do this thing it's the way that we live our life people want to glorify god and the way that we treat our friends people want to glorify god and the way that we handle conflicts at work god people just think who is this why are you not losing your cool? Or why are you able to say you're sorry and admit it? Like that is actually letting our light shine. It's how we handle conflicts. It's how we humble ourselves. It's how we love one another. It's how we love our neighbor. Actually, the mission of God isn't supposed to be lived out when we go door to door knocking on people's houses, you know, strangers' doors and asking them if we can pray for them. It's great to do that. Wonderful, but the, that isn't the only way to fulfill the mission of God. The mission of God should be fulfilled in our everyday life, in our careers, in our families. The way you love your family, the way you love your extended family, who might be hard to love. the the way The way that you carry yourself in your life is the way that we shine our light, and that is the way that the light advances. Sometimes we feel so overwhelmed by a negative situation and we feel like, I'm going to do something good, but it's going to be a drop in the bucket. Like, it's not really going to make a difference. Even if it has a big ripple effect. Still, it's just a drop in the bucket. But what if we pulled back a little and saw that we all had a drop and the next thing we know, it's raining. Like, it's not just our drop. It's each one of us, each person in the body of Christ. We're all part of this big story here in this church, here in this city, here in this state, here in this country, here in this world. God is moving and we get to be a part of it. We get to shine our light. We get to be a part of what God is doing. And and as overwhelming as that is, we always have to just come back to this point where we recognize that there is a poverty in our spirit. This is not to be manufactured. This God is our source. God is the one who moves through us when we feel like we can't, when you're totally stressing out, when I'm like me thinking, there's no way this is gonna happen. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not even gonna have a testimony because I just cry every day. Um, at that moment, you realize that this, you, you lean back into the one whom we need, who is the source of our light, and he is the one who pours through us. So I encourage everyone, as you look forward into the year, I know some do New Year's resolutions, some don't, but however you look forward into this year, Let's, as, as it's been spoken this morning about anticipation, let's stir up anticipation. Let's recognize that God is moving. Let's see where we can be a part of it. Take every opportunity to shine your light in your world, in your community, in your family allow God to move through you and let's be a part of this thing. The th- other thing that is so beautiful about, about being a part of the kingdom, about a, being a part of God's story, is that it, the amount to which you're recognized for it doesn't change its significance. If nobody notices, it doesn't mean it's not eternally valuable. <laughs> here in this world, whoever's n- name is on the bottom of the book is the important one, not the researchers who help them write it. The CEO of the company gets all the credit, the person who signs the deal. But we all know a hundred people when in, you know, are behind everything that happens. But in God's kingdom, it's not like that. He doesn't give the credit to the person who's holding the mic. He gives the credit. He honors everyone's part and so if you feel like you're not seen if you feel like it's not you know if you feel like your contribution isn't much don't because no one notices don't look down on it because God sees it as essential you may be a part of the climax or you may be the paragraph in between but to God it's all the same and we need every paragraph in between there's so many people in the Bible that were the in-between paragraphs and every single one of them was important. In every, in every testimony and every person coming to the Lord, there's so many people in between who encourage that person who said a prayer and we may not until heaven know the whole story. And even in our own life, there are, There are many, many times where I believe we're never gonna know. The powerful thing about the testimony I just got to share with you is that we get to know, but we don't always get to know and that's okay because God is the one who's writing this story and we trust him because he's good and we trust him because he's faithful. So whatever part of your story you're in or whatever part of someone else's story that you're in, trust the faithful one who's writing it all amen so with that I just bless you with faith I bless you I bless you with encouragement I bless you with vision and I bless you with uh, boldness to step out and let the Lord shine his light through you what however that looks like in your life in this coming year amen.
1: Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you know, sometimes somebody will ask me, Andy, do you believe in women preachers? And I say, believe in it. I've seen it. <laughs> While Ashley was talking, all I could think about was, uh, this is the, the main thought that was run through my head. The future of the church is in, in the women, the women, the women. I could see it. I could see hundreds, if not thousands of women filling pulpits. And I feel like what we're witnessing this morning is this. Could you feel strength coming into your body this morning when, when, when Ashley was, I, I, I feel like the church in large is suffering because we haven't received the message that God has deposited in all of these, strong women who are carrying the kingdom of God within them and I'll tell you this right now and I'll fight anybody on this scripturally, this church will have women in the pulpit on a regular basis because I'm telling you we need it we need it
0: you've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week for more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church